it's coming home. Is it? Is it coming home? I think I think it's coming home. England. England beat Germany 2-0 and Ukraine beat Sweden and our quarterfinals are set at Euro 2020. James Ben joins to discuss the action and a quick look ahead to Friday and Saturday. Euro 2020, it just can't get any better, can it? Que Golazo begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Que Golazo and it was the final day of the round of 16 Euro 2020. What a day. James Benj in the house. James, how are you, my friend? I am buzzing. Uh, yes, this is a very exciting time to be living in the country uh, or the small country known as England. Um, I'm sure we will come on to talk about that momentarily. But yes, it's been a fantastic round of 16. I'm hyped for the quarterfinals. And um, I am getting a bit carried away about what's going to happen with England. Well, you know what? Carry away, my friend. Uh, so happy, of course. So jealous. Wish I was over there. I was just uh, WhatsApping my family, my sister, my cousin stuff. And the feeling, the vibes, baby. I love it. I love it. And we begin right there with James Bench was discussing as England shake away those ghosts and defeat Germany 2 nothing, 2 nothing. James Bench wrote about it. CBS Sports.com, a very good point. You know, it wasn't so much about, you know, uh, the beautiful aesthetics. It was about getting the job done and the right tactics against the German side that really felt suffocated most of the time uh, during that game. Uh, England did a, a very good job. Well done, Gareth Southgate. 2 nothing. Give me your thoughts, James Bench. Yeah, I mean, I thought Tony Cruz really hit the nail on the head when he was talking about what Germany couldn't do. They couldn't get their long balls out wide to the wing backs. They couldn't really get much in the way of uh, penetrating balls through the middle to Kai Havertz and Thomas Muller. Um, there were moments because, you know, there's some really world-class players in that attack, but I thought this was a, a win based on the foundation of a real grit and grind defence. I mean, this that, that Thomas Muller shot was the probably the first what you would call, I mean, and I suspect what Opta would call big chance that England have conceded in the Euros. And, and yes, he should have scored. And I think when we talk about England and it's it's natural, I think obviously for you and me, you know, people that want England to be successful, it's natural to get carried away. We need to remember that, you know, when Gareth Southgate sets out to play this way, it can be skirting dangerously. You know, this game would have looked very different if Jordan Pickford hadn't got that really strong hand up to Kai Havertz volley, volley or if Timo Werner's shot had squirmed through, or even if if Muller had had hit that that effort right, because England England are basically playing the percentages. They are you know negate they're doing their best to negate their weakness, which is a slightly shaky defence that's looking better by the game. Harry Maguire deservedly star of the match. We have to call it. Not allowed to say man of the match. That's trademarked, and I've now broken that trademark. So Bill <laughs> coming for CBS. Um, we'll get it paid. Don't worry. They're just trusting at the moment that um, that in the end, at the other end, they'll they'll do just about enough if they can keep the chances low and, and level between the two sides. And Raheem Sterling means that's probably the right thing to do. I thought it was a fantastic win, um, a really invigorating game. And you know, as the play, the England players said afterwards, they might have said beforehand that it's just another game, but it's Germany, and it does matter a bit more because. They were raised with these stories of 96. You know, they will remember 2010 and 19, you know, they'll know about 1990 and they'll know about 66. It matters. And I think you could tell from the intensity they brought to the game. 100%. And I think they used Wembley to their advantage as well. I think in getting that support, I mean, it was somewhat, I mean, I did see a lot of German support as well, but I think 
using their stadium, using the ground and the historical connotations of what you just referred to, I think make a good point. And, and Gareth Southgate got his tactics right. The Muller chance was, uh, I mean, a sitter. Uh, but I thought Jordan Pickford did well to try and disrupt it, but it was a sitter. But Pickford was w- really good. I think Harry Maguire, excellent. Calvin Phillips uh, developed into the game. Bukayo Saka, your boy, at the beginning of the game was very good. He was pretty much the only threat, really, because Germany in the first half were definitely offering way more interesting choices in terms of uh, who was going to win this game. But Saka, at the very least, was causing much more mayhem. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's interesting when you say that, I, I agree, Germany were kind of offering a bit more early in the, the first half, but it didn't feel like, so, so for me, it, it seemed like early in the game, there was this brilliant, a few brilliant runs by Leon Goretzka, who was sort of like, okay, what happens if I just run through the middle of the pitch? And, um, <laughs> and nobody stops me. What would happen? Yeah. What would, oh, oh, that works. <laughs> um, but, you know, Declan, I mean, huge credit to Declan Rice. Yeah, he was great. England, but playing that game he did on a yellow card for, for nearly all of it. Excellent. But I just thought Germany, and this is kind of, for me, has been a bit of a theme throughout the tournament, is Germany kind of a bit light on ideas centrally. I know that Kimmich will be fantastic wherever he plays, but I do feel like having one of the most progressive, creative, or, you know, composed passing forces in Europe, station wide on the right, you are losing a bit of that thrust centrally. And I mean, Havertz played excellently, but he's kind of trying to do two or three jobs at once. I think they were really missing that that player to sit in the pocket and to, to dictate play a bit more, to give it more tempo and rhythm. And, um, you know, if you kind of look back over this tournament, basically Germany, you know, the Hungary game, they were a little bit smash and grabby. And then in the Portugal game, they just scored the same goal over and over again. Yeah. You know? really a game that Portugal lost more than Germany won. I've been really disappointed with Germany and because I think, you know, when we were talking about this game on, on HQ pre-match, I think it really hit home that this isn't, you know, this is not a bad team. This is not a Germany team that is incapable of winning tournaments based on the players they could put out there. But it it is a team that's kind of lost a bit of imagination and a bit of spark and really, they they didn't create much. That Muller chance was as much down to John Stones making the first error I've seen from him in, in weeks, rather than any great attacking play. And um, I mean, Hansi Flick's, he's got a bit of a job on his hand, but equally, I look at it and I think there's some quick fixes there. Let's get some creativity central in the pitch. Robin Gerstens is a wonderful player, but let's not build our team to get the best out of Robin Gerstens. You know, I think that, that yeah. maybe is where Germany could look next. Yeah, no, it's a very talented squad. Uh, well said. All right, moving from the England side, uh, you know, I, I think that also, you know, you mentioned Declan Rice. I thought that he was excellent. Harry Maguire, of course, we've talked about. I mean, I'm going to bring it up, James Bench. It was nil-nil. Gareth Southgate brings on Jack Grealish. And, okay, he didn't do the assist, but he was a key part in that. You know, Raheem Sterling cuts inside feeds it to Harry Kane, who gives it to Jack, Jack to Luke Shaw, boom, one nothing. And then in the second one, the assist to Harry Kane. I mean, he made a big difference. He did. Um, I, I think this is the, I, I would hate to, to spoil your party a bit, but I think the reality is that this is whoever it had been, but if it had been, you know, Phil Foden say, I would believe that you could get similar because. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Me. Yeah. But I, I think with Grealish, there's a, 
much like Saka, really, I think that they enjoy the pressure and Sterling, particularly this in this tournament, they really do. They want the ball. Um, I thought the one, you know, you know, my criticism, I always bring it up with Grealish is I sometimes feel like he can slow England down. Not at all. Um, not at all today. When the ball came his way, it was go. It was go time. And actually, I thought things like the little things, but the timing of that cross to Kane was immaculate. You know, you go, yeah. you go and look at back at the VAR review. If he holds that, takes one more touch, Kane is going to be offside. Um, even as slowly moving as Kane is, uh, he's going to be offside. Um, and, and, you know, really excellent play and perfectly clipped cross. And that's the the moment that wins the game. And it, fantastic. I think with Grealish, we're seeing the emergence of a folk hero. Uh, to an extent, I can personally find that a little bit grating. I get the feeling that in a few months' time, we'll be sort of talking about um, the British and Irish Lions and saying, well, why is Jack Grealish not on taking conversions? That's rugby, by the way, people. And then in the Ashes... Yeah, please. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, remember, US-based, James Bench. And then in the Ashes, which is cricket, which is... Oh, God, here we go. Now, now, now we really have to make we'll sure everybody's listening. If, we'll be asking if Jack Grealish is the one to, to fix the England middle order of, of batsmen. Mm. And that has grated, but in the end, you cannot, you, you cannot doubt the end product he's brought to this team. Same against Czech Republic. I'm super intrigued, and we'll come to talk on about to talk about Ukraine. Whether how Southgate now sets up his his front line for teams that are just going to say, "Okay, you want the ball, you have the ball." You know, you can. You know, we're going to ask you to break us down. Yeah, but yeah, fantastic. A word as well, I guess, which we probably should address Harry Kane. I think it might be time to drop him. Uh, yeah. Just, well, listen. I mean. Had it not been for that final goal, I mean, he had, what, two touches in the first half, maybe three. One of them was a header, I think, you know. Until he had that that, that touch. Until he had that touch, right, exactly. Um, I don't I, I don't disagree at all. And, in fact, it was alarming to me as well. DCL wasn't on the bench. Was that an injury, by the way? I, I, don't, I, I lost that one. Dominic not, Callum not Balloon so wasn't it? I haven't, haven't got any reporting on it on myself, but others that have sort of seemed to say that, no, it wasn't, it wasn't an injury. Which is, you know, I mean, I think that that at the very least, the strategy for today really fit perfectly for DCL. I, I know mm. that it's Harry Kane and he's the captain, but to your point, absolutely. And then, and then that begs the question: Well, if you, I mean, Harry Kane is not going to be dropped, right? I, Southgate's not going to drop him. See, the silence says everything. He agrees with me. <laughs> I sorry, I thought you were going to carry on from there, but no. I mean, you're completely right. He he is undroppable. He's the captain, and obviously, you know, he he did score, but. You know, that scoring really kind of masked a pretty poor performance. He, I don't know what the plan was. I think that that maybe that's the challenge. It seemed like this was a game that would suit him dropping deep. And he did that on occasion. But when he did, his touch was heavy. The ball coming from him was slow. Um, You know, it was interesting, you know, bringing this up again from HQ. Patrick Bamford was talking about he needs to stay in the penalty box and trust that the service will come. But he does have to actually move when he's in the penalty box. And there was one moment in the first half, Cross coming in from the left, and he'd gone so far out to the back post, and he, he kind of peeled onto Rudiger, which doesn't seem like something that would suit him because, you know, he's not going to win an aerial ball against Rudiger. And he left Saka to, to compete yeah. with him, like, as a natural person to aim the crosses at. I don't know if he's tired. I don't know if he's injured. I don't think he's 100% fit. 
If you, if I'm being honest, I think, uh, I don't even know if he's 80% fit. I think there's moments where I just don't see the mobility that you usually see when he plays with Tottenham, where, where he has a bigger task, especially when they play against uh, tougher teams. I don't know. And he's completely, I think the thing is, I, I agree with that, but he's also completely out of sync with the rest of the team. Yeah. They play one way and it, it just, it, it doesn't seem to translate to what he wants. Maybe that's the gamble that Gareth Southgate took. He said, I will sacrifice the fact that my captain and lead striker is probably not going to have a good game, but I need to have a minute for the sake of just having this formation, this strategy, et cetera, with the double pivot with Rice and Phillips. I, I don't know. But you, I agree with everything you said. I just, uh, you know, he will never drop him. I know that much. <laughs> yeah. In the end, he's still the man I'd want to take a penalty. That's what yep. it comes down to. Yeah, so, so, well, I mean, and there you have it, though. The most important thing here, everybody, is that England wins 2 nothing against Germany. Gareth Southgate, um, I've been reading it on social. I agree. It's time to trust him. If you're an England fan, it's just, you know, they haven't conceded a single goal all tournament. And, and now they face Ukraine, which will be interesting. So let's move on to that game where Sweden faced Ukraine today. It was uh, one nothing. uh Man City's uh, Sinchenko scored in the 27th minute and then Forsberg just before the break. And then um, it went to extra time and a red card. I, I saw arguments whether this was a red card, James Bench. How can that be? I, 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 the only way this could have been a more egregious like foul is if he'd like proceeded to club him in the knee. <laughs> yeah, if he took his cleat off, off and, then and just get it, just smashing him. Yeah. It was a red card. People sort of say, people talk about things like intent here. You know, go read the rules. Intent's irrelevant. He was out of control. He hit the the player in a very dangerous position. I don't think we know yet whether the the Ukraine player suffered any sort of injury from this. I mean, it seems like every other Ukraine player did. But I mean, this is is a a clear red card. And I I think it was such a bad tackle. He shouldn't have played again in the, I mean, he won't play again. But if he played again in the tournament, that would have been too soon. Dreadful. Yeah, it's very weird. Gary Lineker said it wasn't a red. I mean, he, you know, former striker. So maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. It was an absolute red anyway. So that happened. And uh, Sweden actually wanted to rely and they nearly did it. They nearly took it to penalties. But then in stoppage time of extra time, Doviak, absolutely. What a great header, a great cross. And that's it. Boom. Andrei Shevchenko's Ukraine beat Sweden. I, I mean, I, I always thought it was a toss-up, but well done, Ukraine. Unbelievable. I, I, I love it. I think they've played some really nice football this tournament and been a little bit... I think maybe the scorelines haven't reflected the quality of the performances they've made. Equally, they've, they've not always been the best as well at turning those nice passages into good shots. But that changed. You know, I think Yarmolenko as ever came alive. Zinchenko is kind of making a great pitch to Guardiola for like, if you don't want to play me at left back, I could play midfield quite comfortably. Yeah. Um, they're a really, they're, they're a slightly more expressive version of this Sweden team in that they are still we- really well drilled. I know that, that Shevchenko as well is, is quite a progressive manager. He's, he's um you know, he's, he's got huge data analysis teams. He films his training sessions with drones, maybe not the sort of things you kind of think from an ex pro, but obviously he's come from that, that, Dinamo Kiev school and I also know he, he gets involved in the training uh, drills which might be quite helpful because 
I don't know how many players they have now. Yeah, well, and uh, you might as well have one of the greatest strikers the game has ever seen to just, you know, go in there and give you a little bit. Friendly to show, by the way, the first ever interview on Kegolasso, Andrei Shevchenko. Uh, ah. Yeah, very ah. smart man. So when you tell me about all these things that he does for training, it doesn't surprise me now, thinking about it when I, when I was talking to him. Very, very smart guy. But, hey, listen, here's one for you. So anyway, so Ukraine's new. So let me just run through you. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do, everybody. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're just going to have a quick gut reaction to the quarterfinal stage, which are on Friday and on Saturday. So be right back with Kego Lasso and James Bench. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Kigo Lasso. James Bench in the house. James, uh, everybody, let me just run through the Euro 2020 quarterfinal now, now that it's set. Friday, Switzerland against Spain. That's uh, 12 p.m. Eastern here in America on the East Coast. Belgium against Italy, 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Hope you don't have any Friday plans, uh, especially in the afternoon or the evening. Saturday, Czech Republic against Denmark. That's at noon, 12 p.m. Eastern. And Ukraine against England, 3 p.m. Eastern. Three, three, four third place teams in this quarterfinal chains bench. <laughs> Remarkable. I know, right? So as I read that, what sticks out? Obviously, Belgium, Italy is a good one, but what else sticks out to you? I mean, we should start with Belgium, Italy. Yeah, it's probably. A, it's a fascinating blend here of a, a team that I think is really reliant on superstar power and will not have Kevin De Bruyne. So Romelu Lukaku, I hope you're ready to do some heavy lifting. And then Italy, uh, for me, are uh, still a team with wonderful connectivity, great depth. Marco Verratti might miss the t- first two games of the tournament and still be the player of the tournament. He <laughs> is wonderful. Um, and I actually I kind of have a little th- theory that will infuriate Jonathan Johnson that PSG are letting him down and giving him a canvas of nothing to work with. Um, so I'm really excited for that. But equally, I kind of don't think that will be one of the closer games. Um I think I'm intrigued to get your take on Czech Republic, Denmark. I think that will be the the dark horses, dark horses fan. You know, this is going to be the really interesting game. I think um, Denmark playing wonderful football, Czech Republic really interesting team, press really smart, good at winning the ball back and then moving fast. But I don't know what's your what's your favourites among this. Well, I mean, Belgium, Italy obviously is a headliner to all the points that you just mentioned. I'm also wondering about Eden Hazard's availability, right? Kevin De Bruyne, we know for sure. Uh, but Belgium is very stat. But then Austria showed a few things that you can do with Italy if you frustrate them the right way. So I do wonder about that, even though Belgium play a different game, a possession-based you know, uh, quick uh, tempo kind of situation that Italy kind of don't mind because they're so good defensively. So there's one side. In the Czech Republic, Denmark, I'll go back to something that you said, eh? because I know that they were one of your dark horses before uh, the tragedy yeah. of Christian Eriksen and stuff. And rightly so. This is a very good team. People forget that even before the emotional mountain they had to climb. This is a very good team that possesses a lot of talent, experience, 
And I think on his day, Paulson is unplayable. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, he is so good. And and I think that to what you said about Ukraine and England, because we've already kind of talked about it, but we can a little bit more how they're gonna probably gonna say, have the ball, let's see what you can do. The Czech Republic are probably gonna do the same thing to Denmark, but Denmark are so much more aggressive going forward. So I wonder how that's going to go into their plans. And of course, Switzerland, Spain. Well, listen, I've said it a million times. I'll say the quote again. Luis Enrique calling Spain a bottle of champagne. All it needs to do is pop and then all the goodness flows out. I don't think, I don't think, I think this is the end for Switzerland. I think it took everything out of them for France. Spain, Spain, first of all, France are so talented, but they're nowhere near as uh, creatively from a possession perspective as Spain. And Spain will figure you out better. So I think they'll win that one. And then England, Ukraine, well, obviously I'm, I'm thinking that England will have enough to do it, but you never know. I mean, they're very good games. It's amazing to me that I began this by saying that three of these teams are uh, uh, f- from the third place spot. Amazing. <laughs> I'm really starting to, you know, I mean, I've, I've done my power rankings as well for the quarterfinals. I'm really starting to come around to Spain winning this tournament. I mean, uh, listen, now it's any game. I mean, to me, that's not insane. That's good. Ten goals in two games, James Bench. The the, you know, I think we. I, I certainly would admit I was really guilty of looking at Alvaro Morata's struggles and kind of forgetting that if he has a bad game, that's kind of fine if you've got Ferran Torres and you've got maybe one of my another contender for my player of the tournament, Pablo Sarabia. Yeah, and great player. another player who just seems to be a lot better, not in a PSG shirt. <laughs> JJ. Uh, Ears are so red right now. I know. Um, I mean, you know, look at the the, the creativity of them. 10.6 expected goals. The next best in the competition, Denmark. Uh, Netherlands on 8.5. Huge gulf. And they're really warming up. They're getting so much better. There's variety in how they hit you. I mean, they, they just ran five past Croatia without Jordi Alba, one of the most creative left-backs in, yeah. in world football. So, you know, I think obviously the... I would still make whoever comes out of that side of the draw, assuming it's not Switzerland. To me, I think that you've probably got to mark them down as, as favorites to win the tournament. And I think this is where the real excitement lies. Obviously the other side of the draw is, is more tension. It, it, it is there for England. It's disingenuous. I think there's a lot of fear within England about being seen as arrogant, thinking that you've done the job before you have. And of course the players do need to, you know, keep their heads on. Let's not start thinking about the final when we've got a quarter final and a semi-final. Yeah. But actually, now is the right time to say, fantastic, well done, England, for getting past Germany. But now you have you you have to reach the final. Yeah, it, make it, it count. Just, it's just not, it, it's none of those teams, even Denmark, who are a really good team, really strong defence. You've got to, you, you have to beat them. You're England. That's, you know, that, that's going to be the minimum level of expectation now. So I think it's, it's two fascinating sides of the draw, real balance. And as you say, it's great that we've got some, some third place teams, some wild cards, um, Granite Xhaka running the tournament for Switzerland. As well. <laughs> Just, Granite Xhaka. Imagine, imagine Granite Xhaka at the Euro 20 final. How, how Amazing for that. <laughs> it, it's, it's utter. I don't want to, you know, don't want to go on another Arsenal tangent, but it's utterly magnificent that Arsenal have unlocked this good version of Xhaka in the in his final season with Mikel Arteta. He's then taken that to new heights um, w- with Switzerland. And that right now they are working to sell him to Roma for 
I, I don't know if the, you know, I don't believe negotiations have really changed very much. A pittance, 15 million euros. Yeah, well, that should climb up, I think, uh, especially since uh, this tournament, because you can see what, oh, what's happened. It's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely amazing. By the way, I mean, there's so many players here that, you know, Safarovic, Brilliant Bolo, he's going to be a problem. I mean, okay, well, let's do a fun game here before we leave, James Bench. Quick gut instinct reaction, okay? Don't even think about it. I'm going to give you the matchup. You tell me who wins, okay? Okay, you got to do it back to me as well. Yeah. Fine. All right, okay, ready? Yeah. All right. Switzerland, Spain. Spain. Belgium, Italy. Italy. Czech Republic, Denmark. Denmark. Ukraine, England. England. Oh, you thought the longest in that one. All right, so you say my finals are from that Spain... You said Italy? Spain, Italy, yeah. Yeah, and then Denmark against England. All right, here we go. Ready? You ready? Yeah. All right. Spain, Italy. Italy. Denmark, England. Denmark. <gasps> this is what you did at HQ with Germany, it and it works. Hey, so, uh, okay, that's fine. It's hard to, it, you know, <laughs> again, it's hard to, it's, I've seen this too much with England even though that they would be really strong fans. I know, my friend, so have I. And I think moving to America made me more of an idealist, I think. Uh, if I had I'd stayed in Blighty, I think I probably would have been with you too. But <laughs> Go on, what have you got then? We need All to right, well, that. okay, fine. All right. Um, Spain, Belgium, Denmark, England. Oh, James, you really convinced me here. Spain, England final. Uh, isn't that amazing? <laughs> I tell you what, though, I did predict England for the final way before in our brackets. I just I got the other mm. side totally wrong. But England, uh, I, I'm still a believer. So, so amazing that both of us have Spain going pretty far. But I, I don't know about Italy. Italians are probably getting really mad at us right now because it's not like I would still have them to win the whole tournament. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, no, Maybe they're fine with you. Since game two. I actually bought uh, like an Adidas sort of semi, I don't know what the city edition thing they call it, Italy show. I'm going, I'm all in on Italy right now. I no, don't know I'm rightly so. I don't know if there's anywhere that I'll be able to watch Serie A in the US oh, next season. Yeah, I know. Let me, let me think about that. CBS Sports, Paramount Plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have, everybody. James Bench. Follow him on Twitter. Same name, James Bench. The whole thing and CBS Sports as well. You can read his content. And James, of course, will be back next week as we discuss more Euro 2020. James Bench, final thoughts before we say goodbye. Anything on your mind? It's coming home. It's coming home. I, I don't, obviously, I don't believe that, but you know, it's nice <laughs> to get taken away. Might as well say it, right? We know it was then, but it could be again. All right. Well done. James Bench, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks. Hey, everybody. I want to thank James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. As we mentioned, stay with us. We have plenty more Kegolasso, including our previews for Euro 2020. We also have Copa America as well because those are entering the quarterfinals. And next week, we'll have plenty more, including Gold Cup and much, much more. The beautiful game never stops, and neither do we. Have a great, great day. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast, 
And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.